starting point, a great uh, preface. Thank you, Lord. Why don't we at this point have the kids uh, go ahead and, and go to their respective areas? Holy Spirit, we just thank you that you were sent to teach us. Our confidence is in you that you'll continue to, re to, to renew our minds and to bring us in a place of living fully in the work that you've accomplished. Thank you, Lord. I was reminded as we're taking communion that um, really this, this sets up what I want to share today. The Lord's been challenging me at looking at the work that he did, which Zach did such an awesome job of just laying that foundation of the incredible work of Christ on the earth and how that gave us access to the Father. Where I've been being challenged is what a great price was given and what are we doing with it? Now, a lot of times that message, you may think, goes in a specific, in, in one direction, but what I want to share today in my heart is that we ask the Lord that He continue. I think the Holy Spirit's in the grid-giving business. And I think my challenge and what I've been, the opportunity I have, is to kind of express things in a way that hopefully give us a different grid, meaning a whole different place and perspective to look at things. So I really invite you today to kind of just kick the sides of your box open and let's just listen. We're going to read in the Word a little bit and then just ask the Holy Spirit that He give you revelation um, in His Word. Uh, I've been struck with, I, I think many Christians in America today if you ask them, what, what's been done? Who, what, who are you? They would say, well, I'm John Kellogg, and I'm going to live on this earth. But I found out that if I, if I don't accept Jesus as my Savior when I die, I'll go to hell. And everybody knows hell is not a good place to go. So I accepted Jesus, so when I die, I'm going to turn into, I'm going to date myself, Casper, friendly ghost, and I'm going to go into heaven and I'll be a spirit and play a harp forever. Now, to me, that's kind of exciting in Zach because we kind of dig different musical instruments. But a lot of people kind of go, really? Like, that's what that's about. But what I want to challenge us is, you know, as silly as that may have sounded, how many of us live our lives in that regard? That we, we're consumed with what it is that we're doing on the earth. And we're doing it as good as we can, we're, we're, we're praying and we're trying to make it safely and comfortably to death so then we'll be a spirit and go be in heaven and worship Jesus. It's such a backwards way of looking at things. And if you've heard me speak or been around me, one of the things that the Lord's been encouraging me is that we're immortal beings. We're spirit beings that live forever. Now, the spirit... That's time that lives forever 
has been brought into time and into a body, an earth suit, an earthen, earthen vessel that the New Testament speaks of. And even Jesus, what? Came out of eternity into an earth suit on the planet. So my, my desire and my confidence is in the Holy Spirit that we'll begin to shift our thinking from a human that's, that's doing time on the earth, waiting to get to go to the other side, the sweet by and by, and that we'll begin to take advantage of and participate in that what was so costly to Jesus and to the Father. And not, the word that jumps to mind is short change, which is kind of a funny word to use, but you get the concept. There was such a great price, maybe it was the right word, such a great price paid, and yet if, all we, if, if our response to what was done is, I've accepted Jesus and now I'm going to go to heaven when I die, I mean, that's kind of an all-about-me thing. So I want to challenge us. Let's, uh, let's do this first. Breathe to worship. You've been hearing that. I talked to a friend of mine down in uh, Alabama, and she said, John, breathe has been something that the Lord's had on my heart for a while. And I have it on my wall, the word breathe. And she said, you know what? Everybody, that's one thing we share in common. We all breathe if we're alive, right? But most of us breathe very, very shallow. Think about it. I was at a doctor's office recently and with my dad. And they put the little, you know, the little thing they put on the end of your finger that makes your finger glow? And they're testing the oxygen level in your blood. And they're looking at the numbers and they go, okay, interesting. Mr. Kellogg, inhale, take a deep breath. And he did. And boy, those numbers just shot up. So I want to encourage everybody right now. A deep inhale. Mm, and an exhale. Don't start hacking on me. So thank you, Lord. Inhale, exhale. Breathe to worship. Let's take a look. I have, um, I have the scriptures and things will be up here. Today we're going to talk about who in the world do you think you are? But we're going to start with continuing a theme that, that Zach brought to us and talk about the son, the, the son of God. Talk about Jesus for a minute. I'm going to go through these scriptures fairly quickly because for the most part they're familiar. Again, my desire is that as you see these scriptures that you'll kind of put a couple pieces together that I think may give a little different perspective on the work that's been done. In Matthew 3.16, we're going to look at the Son of God, the Sent One, eternal and dwelling places. So we're going to start with Son of God, Matthew 3.17. This is, uh, to set it up, it's the baptism of Jesus. And John says, man, I need to be baptized by you. And Jesus said, no, let it be so now, for thus it's fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And then John consented. 
And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. So the Father called him Son. Second Peter 1.17 says that we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory. That'd be a neat song, Zach. The majestic glory. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. And we ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. So all we're establishing is something that I'm sure you're confident in, and that is that Jesus was called the Son of God. The sent one. In John 6, 38, he says, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Isaiah 6.38 uh, 60, I'm sorry, 61.1 it's kind of cool. I love how the Old Testament gets woven back into the New. Outside of the fact that just on its own it stands as, as, the, as the type and shadow. But um, it says in verse 1 of chapter 61, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of prison to those who are bound. We find in Luke 4.18 a reference back to this scripture in Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind and set at liberty those who are oppressed. So we see the Son of God and the sent one. Eternal. We want to take a minute and look at eternal. This is just a, uh, I don't understand all I know about this, what I'm about to say. But if you look up eternal in Strong's, number 166, eternal means with no beginning or ending. That's cool. In John 1, 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything uh, made that was made. Revelation 22.12 says, Behold, I am coming, bringing my recompense with me, to repay each one for what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. 
the beginning and the end. This is just for free, but I've been thinking, eternity is a moment with the sides kicked out of it. And that's what we have to live, is this moment. One moment. One moment. So we're already living in eternity. But anyway, let's take a peek now at the word tabernacle. In John two eighteen through 22. So the Jews said to him, What sign do you show us for doing these things? And Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, It has taken 46 years to build this temple, and you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. When therefore he was raised from the dead, the disciples remembered what he had said, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. So we see with Jesus that he was the Son, he was a sent one, he's eternal, and he's also considered himself a temple, a dwelling place of God. So now we want to look at the question, who in the world do you think you are? So we've talked about Jesus and we had communion of the awesome work that he did and that he came to the earth and he bled and died. You know, interesting, if you look at John 6, it was that very thing that really separated a lot of the disciples when he said, you must eat of me and drink of me that that's when there was a great separation that happened. So I kind of offer to you, this is a really point, this, this is a point that really challenges us, but we have an invitation from him. So let's look at who in the world do you think you are? Well, interestingly enough, we can kind of look at the same things. In fact, not kind of. But what I want to do is go into Scripture and take a look at what does he say in regards to me, to John Kellogg? What is the Father's plan and desire, and from the work that he did through his son Jesus, what is the opportunity? So let's look. The Scripture says that he was the firstborn of many brethren. Galatians 3.26 But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. Romans 8.12-17 So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. 
The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. We are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may be glorified with him. So these are a couple of scriptures that talk to us, that talk about us being sons. You know, we'll talk about Father God. Typically, many times when we hear that, it's in relation to, man, I can, he just wants to hug and love on me. He's my father. He's my Abba. I love him. There's another place I think that he's wanting us to look at, and that says, yes, I'm your Abba, and you're my son. I paid a dear, I sent my only son, the son of God, to die so that you could be my son on the earth. I set a pattern with my son, Jesus, and I sent him into the world. So we'll move to the next piece. Sons of God. As you have sent me, so I have sent them. When we look at being a sent one in John 20... Verse 21, Jesus appears to his disciples in verse 19 and says, On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I'm sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. As the Father has sent me, so am I sending you. If we look... At John 17. And this is just, I just love, love, love this chapter. And the challenge in it is it's one of those chapters that you could spend weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks speaking about. It's hard to read verses and not stop and try to say something. So what I want to do is we've kind of laid a foundation so far. Actually, what I'm going to do is move forward and we'll come back. Because I want to read this chapter, but I think it would be a good one for us to land on. I think it would be a good one to land on. It does say in verse 18, just specifically 17, 18, As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. So again, it's a very direct reference saying, Father, as you sent me into this earth suit, into the world, now I'm sending them. And what's cool in John 17 he actually references forward, too, to those that are to come, meaning us, which that's kind of awesome. 
Now I want to hit back on this eternal life. Because again, this is, this is one of those, <clears throat> and really what I'm sharing with you today, I do ask that you take it before the Lord and, and the Holy Spirit and just ask that He would bring His revelation. But when we look at eternal life, again, that definition is with no beginning or ending. And there's so much in the Lord. If you're not willing to accept mystery, you're in the wrong spot. Because there's much mystery in the things of the Lord, especially as we try to comprehend them with our mind. He's in the process of renewing our minds to be able to comprehend that which He says. But in some way, when we come into Jesus, it says over and over through the Scriptures, and you can do a study and pull up the words eternal life, no beginning and no ending. Somehow we're tied into that. So if we look at eternal in reference to us, in John 3.15, starting with verse 14, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in Him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. A very familiar scripture, but I think we've missed an awful lot on eternal life. Matthew twenty-five forty-six kind of puts it, kind of wraps things up. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Kind of threw that in there because I've said some, to some folks recently, you know what, it would be a lot easier when I look out, I recognize that every one of you are an eternal spirit. You're a spirit that's going to live on forever and ever and ever and ever. It would be easier when I walk into a wall market if when I walked in and I look at all these people if I could in myself say, you know what, there are those that are going to spend eternity with the Father, and that's so awesome. If the balance of them I just thought would turn to dust, and it was like, okay, not a great decision, but it's done, it would be a lot easier. But the reality is, our decision is to whether we spend that eternity with the Father or not. But either case, it's an eternity. It, it's, it's all about eternity. So I just, uh, that's something that really challenges me as, as I look. Either eternal punishment or eternal life. So the final thing we want to uh, address in, in comparing these two is dwelling place. Tabernacle, and I just pulled up a, one scripture here in 1 Corinthians three sixteen to 17 Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy and you are that temple. So work with me here. I am not saying that you are the Christ. That Son of God came and paid a very dear, pro very dear price. But what I am saying is that because of that price that was paid, something amazing, incredible happened. And so what my, my, my challenge, what I want to try 
to, to ask you and invite you to, to consider is, as opposed to that work being done so that I could just get saved, so that after I get through this life, on the other side, when I get to the river, I'm going to go to heaven and I'll be with Jesus. Is that true? Absolutely. Thank you, Lord. That's way awesome. But that's, that's small change. In my mind, that, in, in, with respect to the price that was paid, it, it, it does it dishonor. He didn't do that just so that we wouldn't go to hell. He was a beginning of a pattern. He w- the Father sent Jesus from eternity down to the earth in a body, and He said, I don't do what I want to do. I do what the Father says for me to do, right? He didn't come down like Superman. He came down and said, boy, I only do what I hear the Father doing. Because of the price that He paid on the cross, and because we have the opportunity to become new creations, something that's never been before, that His Spirit lives in us, now guess what? Take that step back and go, I'm John Kellogg. I'm an eternal being. Can't don't get it. I don't remember the I don't remember yesterday hardly. So I sure don't remember what that no beginning and no ending is, all right? But what I do know is that for some reason God pulled me to the planet Earth, put me in this earth suit, short and bow legged. Why'd you look down at my legs, man? Brought me to the planet for this time with a purpose. Every bit as much as He sent His Son to the planet with a purpose that was not to serve Himself, but was for the Father. And I just, the Lord is just challenging me with this. John, you are an eternal being that I brought to the planet Earth with a specific purpose to accomplish in that 70 to 80 and sometimes we press it you know past but the bible speaks of it in those terms for that that short period of time i have something i want to do on the planet earth and i want to do it through you will you be my servant i made a way by accepting my son jesus you now become my son jesus said I've sent you in the world just like my Father sent me. I'm, a ta- I'm the tabernacle. That was His desire from the beginning when you read in Revelation. It's that He's always wanted to dwell with His people. And that's a whole other opportunity that's exciting to talk about. So, let's go and wrap up by looking at John 17. When Jesus had spoken these words, He lifted His eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify Your Son, that the Son may glorify You. Since You have given Him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom You have given Him, and this is eternal life, that they know You, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom You have sent. 
I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory which I had with you before the world existed. I have manifested your name to the people who you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For I have given them the words that you gave me, and they received them, and have come to know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am praying for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those whom you've given me, for they are yours, all mine and yours, all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming back to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. And I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost, except the son of destruction, that the scriptures might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, And these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. See, I think our mind just goes, but John, how can you relate your... You're talking about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That's sacrilegious to say, what did he just say here? They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I've given them your word. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself, that they may be sanctified in truth. I do not ask for these only, but also, hello, here we are, For those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I am in you, that they may also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory you have given me, I've given them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them, and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved even loved them even as you loved me. That's powerful love right there. Even the love the Father had for the Son that He had for us, that He's given us, that, Father, I desire they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you. These know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name. I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. I want to go back to just my starting point and and I and I really I just ask that you would Holy Spirit, I just ask that you will highlight in us what our understanding is and that we won't 
um, that you'll just speak in a very strong way so that we'll be encouraged and our minds will be renewed. And Lord, that we'll be effective sons of God here on the earth, fulfilling your desire and your plan, your purposes, your kingdom purposes. One of the challenges when you speak um, about who you are in Christ, and we've done a lot of that here. Todd has spent a lot of time speaking about who we are and the work that's been done. The challenge is, and Zach kind of alluded to this as well, it, it, it becomes an all-about-me gospel, you know? And the truth of the matter is, there's a part of that in it. I have been brought from death to life, eternal, everlasting life. That is crazy, amazing. But there was a purpose in it that didn't end with that. That was a beginning spot. And so the Lord is challenging me and inviting me and saying, John, I sent you to the planet with purpose. I sent my son to the planet so that when you got there, you could become a part of me. You could embrace that and be a part of. So just like Jesus on the earth, I can say, what, what would you have me do, Father? And I can be about his business, and he can flow through me and bring his life and light to others in the world that his kingdom come and his will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. So my challenge is this. If the gospel that you grew up with, and it doesn't, it's not an either or. I mean, for me, I realize that the Lord is kind of bringing me along in terms of just revealing and what, what does this word mean to me? It's, a, it's an ongoing process. But to use an extreme of, if in, your, if, if in your growing up and your exposure to the Lord, it was all about you getting saved so you didn't go to hell, and so the rest of it between now and the time you die is really about you trying to be a good person and living your life and, you know, staying out of trouble and tithing and going to church and doing all the right stuff. If there's no context in that that says, now wait a minute, I'm an eternal being forever and ever and ever brought here for a very short time. What is that for? And what would you have me do, Father, today, this moment? What are you saying? Jesus, what an example. I don't do anything except what I see the Father do. So we as sons of God are sent, he says, even as you sent me, Father, so I send them. So you're sent ones. Well, you're sent with a mission and purpose. And as eternal beings, it's an eternal, everlasting purpose. And we are the tabernacle of the, of, of the Most High God. He dwells in us. His Son lives in us. Thank you, Lord. And kind of the circle around for me is this just gets back to we worship because He is worthy. 
and we breathe to worship. So we inhale deeply, and to me, this, this kind of word is where the Spirit just challenges me to breathe deeply. And as I breathe deeply, I'm able to engage deeply and be a part of life and not just have this shallow breath that's going to get me through until I actually give my last exhale and die. And then all of a sudden it's about the spirit realm and about his purpose and about his kingdom. But that now I'll begin to breathe deeply. And as I breathe deeply, I'll be able to hear what the Father's saying. And I'll be able to be engaged and be about his business, whatever that is, living in this moment which is eternity, it's just brought in a timeline to the earth. And so that he'll be glorified while I'm in this earth suit. And then at some time, we'll get a new... And it, this, this mortality will go away. We love you, Lord. We thank you for the mighty work that you've done in us. For the, my, the price that was paid... Lord, we remember you and we remember all that was done on the cross. And Lord, our desire is, is to, to know you in a way that will so change us and change the way that we see you and the things that you have, have brought to us that we'll be fully engaged in you and in your purposes. And so, Lord, we just say, may your kingdom come and your will be done in our lives here on the earth today as it is in heaven. Holy Spirit, we do ask that through this day and through the, tonight, that the words that have been spoken, your word, will work and have its work in us. Our minds will be renewed and we'll just be surprised at the thoughts that begin to come. And we'll be encouraged seeing the work that you're doing in us as you draw us to yourself. We love you in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Yeah.